It was about four years later that I actually got baptized. I was raised in a Methodist church. If you don't know, the traditional baptism in a Methodist church is sprinkling on the head. But I had read in Scripture that Jesus was baptized, dunked in the Jordan River. And I said, oh, Jesus did it that way. I want to do it that way. So I convinced the pastor to let me uh, be baptized by being dunked. We found a friend who had a pool, and I got baptized there, and that was in August of 2010. Now, a little earlier in my life is when the Lord started putting ministry on my heart. And I love how God will give us revelations in places that we least expect it. Like, I get a lot of, a, a lot of good from being in His presence and submitting and just making time for Him. Hey guys, this is Pastor Tommy. Thanks for joining us today at the church at Bushland. Man, we pray that your faith will be encouraged and inspired from today's message. Thank you for being here. I want to welcome our church online. Uh, I know that fireplace feels good. Bless your hearts, all right? <laughs> but we love you. Thanks for coming out in the cold. Thanks for being here. So this morning, I've invited Jordan McCormick uh, to come and share in just a little bit. Uh, he is our new youth pastor here at the church, and uh, that started January 1st. And I wanted you to have an opportunity to meet him, get to know his heart, uh, his story, his vision for the student ministry. He loved Jordan to death. He's sitting over here. He'll jump up in a little bit. But, but I, I felt like I needed to, I needed to kind of share how we got to Jordan or how I got to Jordan, okay? Um, and I, and I, and, and I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. And, and this is Philippians chapter 2. If you want to go there, you can. It's a beautiful text. Philippians chapter 2. And this text is about Jesus. And I, and I understand that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Jordan is Jesus, <laughs> okay? But Jordan chases after Jesus, okay? And this text right here, we are all, whether our names are Jordan or whatever, we're called to be imitators of Christ, and this is what Philippians 2 says. This is what Jesus did. And Jesus said, this is what I want you to do. So I want to read it. And then I want to kind of set up uh, Jordan coming and how we kind of got together on this. So this is Philippians chapter 2. I'll begin in verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and purpose. Verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only on your own interest, but also the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And look at verse nine. Therefore, God exalted him. That young man sitting over there, God exalted him. Nobody promotes man and exalts man like God. We are called to be imitators of God. That's what we're called to be. Jordan, about two years ago, we grabbed a lunch together. We were at Rosa's. Jordan, you think he's young today. <laughs> 
<laughs> Two years ago, he was a young pup. He was like spring grass wanting to be summer grass. He was green, man. And I'm looking across from him thinking, he, he was interested in the youth position. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. No, nah, you... There's a requirement you have to be shaving. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. He was probably shaving. But, but I was like, he ain't ready for this, you know? And, but I listened to him the whole lunch. We just talked and shared. And, and man, I just loved him, fell in love with his heart, his passion, his zeal. I just knew there was a call in his life. I just knew he wasn't ready yet. But I didn't want to lose him. I want to keep my paws on him, okay? Because I love guys like Jordan. I love coaching men up in ministry. I love growing. I love pastoring my pastors, okay? And so, so what we did offer, we, we offered a position to him, or we made a position for him in, in fifth and sixth, in preteen. And we invited him to come and, and, and be the preteen pastor and begin to share and speak and pour and feed the fifth and sixth graders. And he just, man, he just loved it just loved it. They loved it. He loved it. And he, God just began to use him, man. And, and, and all of that was just all part of it. And then one thing, if you don't know about Jordan, you'd have a men's retreat and Jordan be hauling coolers in, tables and chairs. We have a men's breakfast at Jordan back, with semi, back of a flatbed trailer, taking tables off and chairs off and setting up tables and chairs and then taking out the trash and fall festival, same thing. And, and, and you know, trunk or treat, he's same thing every time. Do Christmas, he's climbing the attic, getting Christmas trees down. And, and, and then you look over in the hallway and he's got a broom and he's sweeping up glitter and all that stuff. And I'm like, good luck with that. He'll be there till July. I'm just telling you, you can't sweep glitter up. I'm just, my goodness. And so, amen. That stuff's everywhere. And so that's just Jordan. He's just serving. He's loving people and serving. He's just there. And so a couple months ago, a guy was like, you see what I'm doing? I was like, yeah, you see him? Now, do you see him? Pastor, do you see him? I'm like, yes, God, I see him. But God, he's, he's young. He's so young. And God said, you were young? Hmm. I said, but God, <laughs> he's single. He's a single Guy, you, youth, single guy, youth. Guy said, Jeff, you were, you were single. Hmm. I said, but God, it's a different time then. In 1990, Jordan wasn't even born. And, <laughs> I mean, that's a different time. It's different times today. It's not, it's not as frowned upon. He said, Jeff, the same call that I placed on your life when you were young and single, I put on Jordan's life. And Jeff, even though those are different times, I don't change. I'm the same guy yesterday, today, and forever. Will you trust me? Just trust me, man. I raised him up. I exalted him to a higher place because he chases my heart, man. Not a better staff he could be surrounded by. Your pastors, man, whoo, they good. They're all around him. There's not a better leader he could be under than you. He's a little you. Just put him on your staff, man, and watch him grow. He's going to coach you and coach him up. So I was like, oh, no, man, I don't know. So I 
One of the things I love to do after I work out is get my golden doodle, Hershey. He's a cool cat. Any Melissa, he's a cool cat. And so Hershey's a golden doodle, and so I go for walks. Just me and Hershey, the geese and the mallards, just walking. And God said, I've already said his name, Jeff. Why don't you say his name? So stubbornly, I walked a little longer, and I said, Jordan. And as soon as I said his name, this peace came over me. He said, yeah, nothing to worry about. I have exalted him to a higher place because I trust him. You trust him. The same call that I put on you, I put on him. Coach him up and let him go. Let him go. He chases my heart, Jeff. And so with that, I want to welcome Jordan McCormick to this stage to tell you about his life. All right, come on up, Jordan. Love you, boy. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be here on this cold morning. Uh, I just want to take a second and thank Pastor Jeff for giving me the ability to come up here and just share a little bit about my life and the vision for the student ministry. And I just want to say it's such a blessing to serve in a church that's completely submitted to the will of God and be surrounded by leadership that just is actively searching and, and chasing after the Father. Um, it's evident throughout the entire church, and I just want to thank you for that. Um, so today what I want to talk about is a little bit about my story, how I came to know Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, uh, my call to ministry, and then finally the vision for the student ministry starting this year and then moving forward. So I grew up in this area. I was born and raised in Vega, Texas. It's out west on I-40. If you blink, you'll miss it, but it's there, I promise you. And I was blessed to be raised in a family that loved church. My mom actually worked at a church for many years uh, when I was younger, so I was one of those church rats that was always running around church, uh, acting like I owned the place. And with that, there was times in my life where I actually spent more time there than I did in my own house. So church started to become like a second home to me in a place where I felt safe and comfortable. And I've heard God's voice audibly twice in my life. The first time was in June of 2006. Um, I'm a bit, I'm a middle child, so I'm a bit of a troublemaker. Um, but don't ask for stories from my parents. You can just come to me. I'll, I'll tell you all the ones you need to know. And my mom asked me to take out the trash one morning out to the dumpster. So in the corner of our, of our property, there's a tree that always had Western kingbird nests in it. If you don't know what a Western kingbird is, it's a bird with a yellow belly, and it acts like a blue jay, where it likes to swoop down if it feels dangered. One of my favorite pastimes was making the bird feel dangered. So it was one of these mornings, I'm out by the tree, and as I'm facing the tree and looking up at the bird, I hear a voice behind me just say, Jordan. I turn around, and there's nobody there. So I'm confused. How, how was there a voice, but there wasn't a person? But then I heard it again. It was just calling my name. It was a deep voice, but it was calm and soothing. I didn't know what it was. I continued about my day, and that night we had VBS at church, and they brought up a verse. It was Isaiah 43, verse 1. It says, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Some other translations say, I have called you by name. You are my chosen. And I knew at that instant that that voice I heard that same morning was none other than God calling me by name. And that night, me and my best friend at the time, 
ran down to the altar and we said, Jesus Christ is Lord. It was about four years later that I actually got baptized. I was raised in a Methodist church. If you don't know, the traditional baptism in a Methodist church is sprinkling on the head. But I had read in scripture that Jesus was baptized, dunked in the Jordan River. And I said, well, Jesus did it that way. I want to do it that way. So I convinced the pastor to let me uh, be baptized by being dunked. We found a friend who had a pool and I got baptized there. And that was in August of 2010. Now, a little earlier in my life is when the Lord started putting ministry on my heart. And I love how God will give us revelations in places that we least expect it. Like I get a lot of, a, a lot of good from being in his presence and submitting and just making time for him. But then there's other times where, boom, it's out of nowhere and God just gives you something. And that was how this vision worked. I was nine and I was in the shower and God gave me a vision of preaching on a stage that looked similar to this. And I was preaching about shame and how God calls us to let go of our shame. And I was confused because I'm nine. I don't know what shame really is. But also I was a man with a plan. See, I'd been telling my parents for a long time that I was going to grow up, I was going to become a lawyer, I was going to do corporate law, move to a big city, and I was going to make $12.4 million a month. <laughs> because I thought that was enough money to make sure I had enough to meet all my needs, all my daily needs in a few months. I didn't know much about ministry or being a pastor, but I figured they didn't make that much in a month. So I was like, no, I don't know all about that pastor in business. I know what I'm going to do. It's my way or the highway. And then about eight years later, I got a letter from a good friend of mine. And in that letter, she said, I just see you becoming a youth pastor. I was like, again with this? That's not the plan. That's not what I'm going to do. I don't want to be in ministry. Because what was happening that same time in my life is I'd actually um, just left the church in my senior year. See, I was at a church and the pastor from the stage said, if you're not rich, it's because you don't have enough faith. And I don't know what Bible he was reading, but the one I read doesn't say that. Because I'd gotten to watch my parents struggle financially. To struggle to make ends meet. To watch my dad move away to find a job with better pay. But I'd never once met a man who had more faith than my dad. So I had a conversation with God, an argument more one-sided, where I said, God, if that's ministry, if that's church, I don't want any part of that. And what I did is I started building up these walls to keep church out. I was okay with God. I would read my Bible occasionally, do a Bible study on my own, but not with anybody. But I wanted to keep church as far away as possible. And then a couple years later is when I heard God's voice for the second time. In 2019, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to Dubai which is a very Islamic city in a very Islamic country. And multiple times throughout the day, they have what's called a call to prayer. And if you haven't heard it, it's the most hollow, lost, and dark voice you'll ever hear. And it was during one of these calls of prayer that the Lord drowned out all the other noise. And he said, Jordan, what they're being called to is darkness. And I called you to bring them to the light. And I had another argument with God because you don't learn the first time. And I said, God, we've already talked about this. I'm not doing this ministry, this church thing, this pastoring thing. You've got the wrong guy. So again, the walls I was building kept building higher and higher. And friends started asking me, why don't you go to church? Why don't you, you know, come to church with us? And I said, no, it's because 
I like a certain style of worship and a certain style of teaching. And I'm not going to find that in Amarillo. And that's where I messed up, is I limited it just to Amarillo. My parents started coming out to Tea Cabin in 2021, and they kept pestering me saying, you should come and try this church. You should come out and just, just try it out. And I was like, no, I'm not going to come. It's okay. It's too far. It's bushland. It's full of cowboys. I'm not a cowboy. But they kept nagging and nagging. Eventually, I was like, fine. I'll go once. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, let me just find something, complain about it. They won't ask again. Well, I came in August of 2021, and the first hand I shook was this bald guy. And then he came up and he preached. And after that first service, I was sitting there and I was like, no, anybody can do one good service. So I came back the next week. I was like, man, maybe anybody can do two good services. I was like, I got to find something wrong with this church so I don't come back. So I kept coming and coming. And eventually I started renewing the same love that I once had for church. I started to fall back in love with God, with Jesus. And church started to feel like a home again, a place I desired to go. There was one Sunday in January of 2022 where I was gone, but Pastor Tommy mentioned that they had a need for volunteers in the youth area. My mom was like, Jordan, you've expressed interest in youth. You've said you've had these visions or these encounters with the Lord where he's calling you into ministry. Just text him and say you're interested in volunteering. So I was like, fine, I'll do it. So I texted Tommy and said, hey, Pastor Tommy, my name is Jordan. You probably know my sister. She broke her hand at YFN. And I started getting connected to some of the pastors. And eventually they asked me for a resume. And I was like, why do I need a resume to volunteer? Also, how do I make a ministry resume? Under ministry experience, I put, I've been to church. I once volunteered in first grade youth group, or first grade small group. Work experience, I worked at Waterstill and I work at a bank currently. And they said education. I said, well, I dropped out of college twice. (laughs) And then I had that lunch with Pastor Jeff, and he was like, do you think you could lead a youth group? And I looked at him, and I said, no, I don't think I can. And that led to me being placed at the preteens, and just an opportunity just to get to know these kids and see their heart for worship and their desire for the Lord. It also gave me the ability to start planning some events, see what it looks like behind the scenes of ministry, and just get to know these kids and develop relationships. This last semester, it transitioned into middle school ministry, and I just got to meet the entire youth group, see their hearts, walk through life with them, see where they're struggling or where they're succeeding. And I got to November of this past year, and I was like, God, where do you want to take middle school this year? And he said, Jordan, we get so caught up in preaching about topics. Like students, if you're struggling with depression, here's these verses. If you're battling anxiety, here's these verses. But it doesn't matter if they don't know who my son is. If we get up and we talk about these topics and it doesn't point back to Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life, and the only Savior of the world, it means nothing. You can't be set free from something if you don't have Jesus. What he said was, we're so busy trying to fix the fruit but we miss the root. And if we aren't rooted in Christ, it's not going to matter what we produce because it's going to be nothing. John 3.30, 
says, I must decrease and he must increase. So the vision for the students for this year, it has to all be about Jesus. And it comes down to three words. The first word is our identity. We have to know who we are. More importantly, we have to know whose we are. And if our foundation isn't rooted in Christ, we're not going to know what our identity is. Our generation, my generation, is being attacked in identity. We live in a world where they say, discover your truth, do what makes you happy, become who you want to be. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father but through me. Jesus also said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So in order for us to step into our new identity in Christ, we have to first know who he is. So in order to have our identity, we have to know God, which is one of the pillars of this church is to know God, which means we can have our identity. Once we have our identity, now we can begin to surrender things to God. It's like Pastor Mark talked about last week. We like to control and hold on to things. See, as humans, if we're not in control of something, we feel lost, we feel exposed, and we see surrender as a, as a curse. But see, in order to be set free from something, we have to first let it go. I heard a saying one time, it said, what you worry about most is where you trust God least. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety onto him because he cares for you. See, surrender is a blessing to us because we have the opportunity to give everything to God. The burdens, the stress, the worry of this world is not meant for us to carry because he already carried it on the cross. See, he took all of our sin and guilt and shame because he knew he was the only one able to take that not only to take it on, but conquer it and beat it. See, we have the blessing of every victory through Christ, but we can't be set free from something if we don't first give it up. And the final word for the vision for this year is available. See, I grew up going to church. I was there every Sunday from about eight o'clock until afternoon after the last service ended. I would go to children's church, small group, big service, youth group, you name it, I was there. But I can't tell you one single sermon I remember. But there's one moment of one sermon that I remember vividly. I was in sixth grade. I was, it was in the 945, the contemporary service. I was in the third row. I was playing on my friend's phone. I was playing NBA 2K in church. But for some reason, I felt like I was supposed to look up at the pastor for this moment. And when I did, he read Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And this verse stuck in my head. God, what do you mean when you say, here I am, send me? What are you trying to convey with that message? And he told me to research it. And when I did, the phrase, here I am, is one Hebrew word, hinene, which means to be completely available 
and totally ready to serve. But when I researched, it also gave a warning and said, be careful when you use this because God will take you up on that. When you look at the Old Testament on when that phrase is used, Moses said it at the burning bush and then was called to go lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Abraham said it and then was told to sacrifice his only son. But there's also beauty in that, being so open to serving God that you don't care where it takes you because you're serving the, your creator and the author and perfecter of life. See, students have a lot of opportunities this semester to experience Christ and to grow in these areas. We have a D now coming up next month where the theme is Ignite. And that comes from 1 Peter 2.9, where the word says we are the chosen people who God called out of the darkness into the light. And then in Matthew 5, it says, we are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. So God has given us the opportunity to be a light unto the darkness and to light up the world and be the light. Not only that, high school students have an opportunity to go to Honduras and live out the Great Commission, to go out into all nations and make disciples. So the vision for this year is to know God in order to find our identity. Once we have that, now we can be set free and surrender everything to him which gives us the ability to discover our purpose, make ourselves available and say, here I am, God, send me so we can go out and make a difference. One of my favorite verses in the Bible comes in John after Jesus is risen from the tomb. And a lot of people see this verse and they laugh because they think that John is bragging. In the verse, it says that Peter and John were running towards the tomb, but John ran faster. When I see that verse, I see John not being faster than Peter, but so focused on chasing Christ that he left everything else behind. He ran so fast that nothing was going to stop him to getting to his Savior. Friends and family didn't matter in his pursuit of Christ. And that's what I want for these students, that they make themselves available to just chase after Christ with no cares in the world except pursuing Jesus, to become imitators of Christ. One of my favorite quotes comes from the theologian Thomas Watson. He says, to serve God, to love God, and to enjoy God is the greatest freedom you can have. And that's what I want in my life and in everybody's life, to serve God and to love God, but also to enjoy God. As I close today, I want to mention the scariest prayer I ever prayed in my life. It happened after D now in uh, 2022. The Lord brought me to this chapter and uh, really just convicted me that I was holding on to some things in my personal life, but it can apply to all of us. Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. When I read that, I said, God, I want you to search my heart. And if there's anything in my life that's going to hold me back from serving you, I just ask that you remove it. And God is faithful to do that. I'm a planner and he's faithful to wreck my plans before they wreck me. The same way he's able to do the same thing for you. God desires relationship with us and our desire should be to magnify him in everything we do. 
So that's my prayer for us today, that not just the students, but every person here, we let the Lord search us. And if there's anything holding us back from him, just give him permission to remove it and he will. I envision a generation of students that's unashamed of the gospel, that's secure in their identity in Christ, and they let everything go to him. So they don't hold on to baggage. They can be set free from depression, anxiety, and everything like that. And as long as I have breath, I'm gonna go and spread his good name. And I want students that'll follow along with me. We're in an amazing church that loves Jesus, that lets the Holy Spirit move, and that goes out into the world to make disciples. And I just want more of him. Jesus, I want you to increase and I want myself to decrease. I want more of you. I want you to be free to do what you want to do. So I'm going to close in prayer and we're going to end in worship. But if you need anything, we have prayer teams that are here for you. If you need to surrender, whether that's your life or or things in your life, we're here, we love you. And we want to walk through life with you. The beauty of church is the community you're with. Because we're not meant to go through this life alone. And he can break down any wall to get to you. So Father, we come before you today, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you that you sacrificed your only son as a way to get to our hearts. Thank you that Jesus not only died for our sins, but he rose from the grave, conquering sin and death. Thank you that you give us the opportunity to be vessels of your word. Father, thank you that we can say, here I am send me. We love you, Father. It's your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today here at the Church at Bushland online. Hey, if you were inspired by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop a message in the comments, or you could email us at info at bushland.com. We'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. Also, man, if there's anything we could agree for in prayer with you guys, just text the word PRAY to 806-557-1800. We believe there's power in agreement um, with the Lord. And so um, if we could pray for you, just do that for us. Um, and if you'd like to connect further with us through social media, uh, just search the church at Bushland. You can find out more things that are coming up here um, and get involved that way. And then if you'd like to plan a visit, uh, we'd love to see you face-to-face. We have services here, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. You can go to our website, thechurchatbushland.com, and plan that visit, and we look forward to meeting you that way. Finally, man, just thanks again for joining us. Pray your faith was encouraged, and we look forward to journeying with you in the days ahead. So have a blessed day.